0: Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Glad you're with me today on demand. I love on demand because, again, I always say the Word of God is in your hand. You get it when you want to. Today, we talk about painful passion. Include the series. This is so good. We talked about how when you have passion, right, you can feel it. You can see it. Then we talked about when you have passion, you can explain it. You're not just feeling it. You can explain what you're feeling. And then thirdly, we talked today about how a person who's passionate takes action. Nehemiah is the guy who's going to show us the pathway today. You don't want to miss it. Get your Bible open, get ready, enjoy the journey. And if you like the journey, link it and send it to a friend. Stay right there and enjoy and learn how to take action on your passions. I want to talk today about passion and action. And I want to take you to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. And I want to show you something that I think is life changing. Now, one of the things I believe in is being passionate. And I've been talking about that, being painfully passionate. But today, I want to show you how passion has to be acted upon. It's not just something that you have to feel. It's something that you have to, you have to focus on. So I want you to get the notes right there. They're showing you how you can get the notes now. Get to the phone out and you can copy it and you can get a copy of the sermon notes that I'm using. The same notes I'm using you can have in front of you. And I want you to follow me along and I want you to think about something that's really important. You say that you have passion. But can it be seen and can it be felt by other people? Then I want you to think about this. Can you explain what you're passionate about in a way that makes sense to people? Does it make sense to you? Nehemiah demonstrated, and you can see this in our last sermon. You can go back and get the last one that we just did last week where he talked about what he needed. He was real specific. I need I need authority. I need you to give me the time off. I need you to give me the money and the resources to build the walls back. I can't do it without time, authority, and resources. Those three things. And there's something powerful about getting that down in your mind. That you're not going to ever, ever get certain places without having the right authority, which means you've got to learn how to get along with people. I'll throw another little hint for Christians. You ready? You live in a world where you don't have all the power. And so you have to learn how to negotiate. You have to learn how to, the Bible says to agree with your adversary quickly while you're in the way. There's, a, there's this attitude, if you're not careful, of dominance and taking over. And you're not, if you're not careful, you make people your enemies that don't have to be your enemies. I've seen this in, in so many settings. You go on a job and you run up people who aren't Christians. They're not they're not believers. They don't think like you think. They're not they don't believe you're they're not religious like you are. Whatever your religion is. And so you're trying to force it on people, and it doesn't work. It backfires. And so you don't learn how to get along. I love the fact that Nehemiah had a secular job, worked as the king's cupbearer, tasting the king's food just to make sure it didn't kill the king, it would kill him first. Good, good paying job, living in the palace, doing good, eating good, dressed good. But he's a guy concerned about his people. But in order to help his people, he had to be politically wise and savvy. And he had to be a man who kept his word. He had to be a man who could plan. He had to be a man who was organized. I don't know that if our goal in, in this environment these days is to 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 work with people, it's it's to dominate, it's to come in and barge in and and disregard everybody's feelings and everybody's thoughts, and that doesn't work long term, because they'll fight you unnecessarily. I I think this a, it's a great study. Paul in his early Paul had a lot of beatings, especially in the early days of his life, and a lot of it was because he just said things just jumped into things without regard for where he was i'm not saying it it didn't trail all the way off in his life because you know but it did it slowed down quite a bit but in the book of acts every chapter he was getting beat up and sometimes in life you get beat up because you're not politically savvy nehemiah daniel the other people in the bible who worked with secular people were not religious people and some of them were this heathen they were bad people but they found a way to make it work and sometimes if you're going to really be successful in life, you have to learn how to negotiate. I ain't negotiate with nobody. I ain't going to compromise the gospel. I'm going to tell the world what Jesus said, the way Jesus said it. You're not acting like Jesus is acting like that. That's you. That's you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus knew how to talk to people. He knew how to be kind to people. He knew how to be quiet. There are a lot of things Jesus didn't talk about. I'm not going to give you a list. But there are a lot of things he didn't talk about that he could have talked about. He could have said a lot of things about, about well, I'm down the river now. He could have talked about fornication more. Could have talked about homosexuality. could have talked about um, um, people not being financially fair. He could have talked about, but he didn't. He, he picked and he picked and he picked what he talked about. He didn't he didn't just jump on everybody that didn't agree with him or that he didn't agree with. He didn't do that. We do that. Anybody that doesn't agree with you, you feel your, your job is to get the Bible out, whip out the verses and tell them what the Bible say and chop everybody. You just chop everybody. That's why your family don't like you. Every time you come over, you just say, chop Put your choppers away. How can you, can you just say, hi to your cousin? You don't have to talk about what they did last night. That's none of your business. Leave them alone. Pray for Let God help them with that. You need to focus on your own life. Amen. All right. Pause. I just wanted to make a point. If you want to be like Christ, focus on what you need to focus on. Take action on what you need to take action on. Don't get all lost and go everywhere and jumping on every issue that you think you need to talk about. Now, I know you need to talk about some things. I'm not saying don't talk about anything. I'm not saying don't take a stand for some things. I'm not saying that. But if you're going to take a stand, take a fair stand. Don't be biased. When you're wrong, you're wrong. When you're right, you're right. Be fair. That's fair. If you want to know what fair is, you want to know what godly is, is speaking the truth on both sides of the river when you need to speak the truth. When someone has gone too far, say it. When someone has not been treated fairly, say it. And that's one of the, if I can just digress from minute, that's the problem with the church historically. Slavery was evil. 246 years of that was evil. And the church didn't stop it. It took a war with people fighting and losing their lives, over half a million people, to stop it. And then Jim Crow came along for another hundred years, and we didn't stop that either. That was wrong, too. See, hey, don't hang up yet. Don't leave. Here's my point. You can't just say you're passionate about something, and you didn't do anything. You didn't take action. You didn't do anything to make it right. You just watched it. Maybe benefited from it, but didn't say anything. That's wrong for me. That's wrong for you. That's wrong for all of us, because we're in this together. Now, that's free. It not cost you nothing. Hang with me. Get back to the text. You ready? So we talked about Nehemiah being a man who took action. Look with me at Nehemiah chapter, chapter uh, 2, verse 11. Now, Nehemiah has s- seen the problem. The walls of Jerusalem are torn down. He's heard about it. Now he's going to go and he's going to take action. He's got approval from the king. He's got money. He's got resources. He's got soldiers. But he he pulls himself aside by himself. I love this. And I want you to watch what he does. Chapter 2, verse 11. I went to Jerusalem, he said, and, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone that my God had put in my heart to do Uh, I had not told anybody, anyone, what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. Get that right. So watch this. He's evaluating. And that's what passionate people do. They evaluate personally. He personally evaluated what he was thinking about. Passionate people personally evaluate. It's, it's, It's my passion, so I need to go look at it. I've heard about it, but I never looked at it and and personally analyzed it. Secondly, watch this. Passionate people adopt focused plans. I love this. Verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Notice he's got a focused plan. He's not all over the place. Sometimes I feel like the problem with us in terms of taking action is We're taking too many actions. We're all over the place. He had one plan. Rebuild the wall. Can I ask you what is your one plan for your life? One thing you want to do. Not two, not three, not four. One plan. Passionate people evaluate. Passionate people, watch this now. They have a focused plan. I think we don't often have a plan. You're just kind of jumping around. But this is a guy who's taking action. And this is a guy who's going to be successful because he has a plan. Now, I want to tell you something. You can you can blame God all day long for the outcomes in your life. But if you cannot articulate a plan and if you're not willing to take action and if you're not willing to open your eyes and and allow others to be a part of it like he is. He went to the king. He got authority. He made sure he had the resources. This was a guy who got other people to, to buy into what he saw. They bought into his passion. The king could see it and feel it. That's what grabbed the king's attention. There's something that happens when you're on fire. There's something that happens when you're driven and you're not just pretending. People can tell it. Watch the fourth thing that's interesting. Passionate people step over unwise critics. Here we go again with these two guys. um, And their names are famous in the book of Nehemiah because they're critics of Nehemiah. They don't care that Nehemiah is trying to help these people. Listen to what the Bible said here in verse 19. When Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite, officials and Gershom, uh, the Arab heard about it. There's three guys now. They mocked and ridiculed him. What is this thing you're doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding, but it's for you. You have no share in Jerusalem or any claim our historic right to it. Here's what he says. I'm ignoring you. That's what he told those guys. Three guys now. They got another friend named Gershom who joined them. So you got Tobiah. You got this guy, uh, Sanballat, Tobiah, now Gisham, All of them are making mockery. And Nehemiah says, I'm tuning you out. Let me tell you something. If you're going to take action, you got to do that. Tune out the stuff that's not going to get you where you're trying to go. Then the next thing that I love is passionate people, wise people, they delegate work. They don't try to do it all by themselves. You will never succeed if you try to do it all by yourself. I've seen pastors fail, businesses fail, families fail because you're trying to do it all by yourself. It doesn't work. I love this. Chapter three now of Nehemiah, verse one. Look at the text. Elishab, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hamel. The, the men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zechariah son of Emery, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hasna. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. And you're saying, what are them names again? Oh, forget the names and see the point. (laughs) The names are hard to say, but the point is simply you see three sets of people. And if you read the entire third chapter, you see a long list of people that he gave assignments to. You build this part, you build this part, you build that part, you do this, you do that. He delegated away 44 people are mentioned in chapter three. And three different groups of people teamed up to help him get this done. Each one of them had a part of the wall. 44 people are mentioned. And and there are three different groups of people in addition to that, in addition to the 44 people that helped him get it done. You need to hear this. You can't do some things alone. You can't. Because watch what happens next. Passionate people fight fear. Because chapter 4, watch what happens, verse 14. They're threatened. More intimidation, more more things come along. That's why you can't go by yourself. Look at verse 14 of chapter four. Here's what he says. After I looked, th- looked things over. I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome and fights for your families. Watch this now and fight for your families. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to to our own work. So the enemy threatened them. The people got afraid. Nehemiah says in chapter four, verse 14, don't be afraid. And he says, what you need to do is fight for, I love this, fight for your family. You know what he told? Him? He says, I'm going to put you by your mama and your cousin right here on this part of the wall and put you over here with your nephew and your mama and your cousin and y'all protect that part of the wall. See, he knew they'd fight if they attacked the mama and the cousin. See, he put them at different parts of the wall by families. Fight for your family. If you let them come through that part of the wall, they're going to kill your family. So you better fight. I love it. I love it. I love it. There's something about being the kind of person who understands that. Passionate people fight. Passionate people are aware. Man, this is good stuff. I hope you got it. I close with these final thoughts. How do you move from being a passionate person passive person, which some of us have been for a lot of times in our lives? Passive to passionate. How do you cross that bridge? So I'm going to take you out of Nehemiah for a minute, taking Matthew chapter 24, verse 16, one of my favorite verses. Matthew 16, 24. Let's know what it says. Then Jesus says to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. Five things I want you to notice. Number one, watch this. You must want to be passionate. If you want to move from being a passive person to becoming a passionate person, you've got to want to be. Number two, you must want to be a disciple or a true follower. You got to want to be. If you don't want to be a follower, then uh, it's not going to happen. Do you want to be passionate? Do you want to follow? Jesus said if you want to move from being here and get to there, you want to follow me. You want to, you want to arrive at my level of passion. You've got to decide you want to be. You've got to decide you want to follow. And thirdly, you've got to embrace your challenges. There's a cross involved take up your cross. I wish I could tell you that you can be passionate and never have to pay a price. There is a price tag for graduating from college. It's called studying students. <laughs> it's called investment, businessman. It's called the market goes up, the market goes down. You got to learn how to ride it all. You got to do that, ride it all. I love this book. It's a book called The Psychology of Money. That I had you read. And I'm telling you, that book helped me a lot. It was a good book. And it really, one of the things it talked about was the riding of the life. It says, you know, the market goes up, market goes down, things change. And you have to learn how to ride that. You have to learn how to prepare for that. There is a cross. You don't get the wealth without the sacrifice. So he said, you have to learn how to embrace your challenges. And then, then fourthly, embrace the discipline of following embrace the discipline of following. Now, now that may sound a little bit like I said earlier, you must want to be a disciple. The key word in that statement was you must want to be. Nobody's forcing you to follow. But once you decide to be, you have to embrace the discipline that comes with following. So let me say it to you again. Number one, if you want to get from passive to passionate, you got to first you must want to be passionate. Number two, you must want to be a disciple or a follower. Number three, you must embrace the challenges that, take, that come with that, take up your cross. You must embrace the discipline, the following. There's a discipline. And then lastly, you must embrace the losses you must face to reach the gains you, you want. There are losses. There are, there are moments when you don't win every day and you have to learn how to embrace that. Jesus made it plain If you really are passionate, you've got to pay the price. To go in the right direction, you've got to pay the price. And that takes me to our next study. I want to take you on a journey now that's going to come in our next time together where I talk about this important thing about going in the wrong direction. Remember, every year I answer one question. The question is, why do people go? Why don't people do what they say they're going to do? One of the reasons is because they're not painfully passionate but also it's because they keep going in the wrong direction. Is that you? I want to show you some reasons why I think people go in the wrong direction. And there are four reasons I'm going to cover in our next study. Number one, because they follow bad examples. Number two, because they follow bad advice. Number three, because they follow bad cultural habits. And number four, because we have bad religious doctrinal blockades that stop us from thinking. All of that's going to be started in Matthew chapter 15 in our next study. So let me ask you a question. Are you in a place right now where you keep going passionately in the wrong direction? If you are, I want to show you how to turn that around. Because for a lot of us, it's just, we followed a bad example. And sometimes they're bad religious examples. And you'll see that a lot in Matthew 15. So read that ahead on, on your own. Also, I think that Sometimes we, in religious environments, give people bad advice. You tell them things that aren't true. All you got to do is pray. God will bless you if you just pray. not save any money. You not have, to, you don't have to exercise. Just pray. He's a healer, but you can eat anything you want. Anytime you want to eat it. Bad advice. Sometimes your culture has bad habits. You have a culture of taking up all of people's time and money. You have a culture of, of dominating people. And sometimes you got doctrinal blockades. It's the the way you teach the word of God that enslaves people and doesn't free them. A lot of that we'll talk about. So are you going in the wrong direction? If you are, you want to join me for this next series. At least you can discover maybe a few things you didn't know. I want to tell you, my friend, I appreciate you. Thank you for being with me today. And thank you for letting me talk to you about the word. And I pray that you've taken what I've said today and applied it to your life and take you take, you're going to take action. You're not going to just feel it. You're going to do something about it. So let's, let's pray a passionate prayer. Father, I speak in Jesus' name, healing to those who've heard me today. I pray, God, that your hand would touch them right where they are in their home, on the job, on demand, wherever they are. I pray for your spirit to step in and bring healing to their life. I pray, Father, they would feel with passion your call on their life and that they would move from just talking about it to doing something about it. This is a take action moment where they would say, I heard you. I'm clear and my life will never be the same. And I give you all the praise for it in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I pray you are blessed by that. And you learned how to move from being a passive person to a passionate person. I love that verse in Matthew where he explains that you have to be willing to make sacrifices. Nehemiah is a model for us. He's a guy who did it, but I want you to do it. So let me pray for you. Father, let this be a moment of breakthrough for them a moment of healing, where they move from being passive to passionate, healing and grace, blessing and strength in their life. And I give you praise and glory for it in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for being with me today. Hey, listen, if this blessed you, link it and send it to a friend. I'll see you next time. Right here with me, Pastor Rick. You be blessed. Bye-bye.